Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. <laughs> and I'm Tom. Welcome to Team Binge Presents The Soil Outer Range, <laughs> Episode 5. Is that better? Dramatic. I like it. Okay, wonderful. I don't know if it's not necessarily a lot of energy per se, but I appreciate the presents. That sounds a lot classier. We're here to talk about Outer Range, Episode 5, The Soil. <laughs> I'm Julian with my good friend Tom. We're going to dive into this right away. If you know the name of the movie right you'd like to see, press one now. <laughs> That's true. It does sound a little bit like the movie phone guy. I'm sure there are people listening that don't get that reference, but we'll be with you <laughs> uh, for the next four hours to explain it. This was, as you mentioned before we started recording, the shortest episode. So we're going to get through this mm -hmm. one in record time. There's no way it's going to take us an hour <laughs> and a half to talk about 40 minutes of television. Uh, at the top, we'd love to thank those of you that have reached out to us with uh, comments and questions. I've got some corrections to make from episodes <laughs> one through four about country artist names that I got wrong. I'm not going to apologize because if I've learned anything from American <laughs> politics, it's that you never apologize. But apparently I got Col Coulter Wall's name wrong. So hmm. uh, forgive me. Could have fooled me. And then Barney Fife was the other gentleman we were trying to remember that we couldn't. So Yeah, I was never going to come up with it, so I don't feel bad about that. Okay. Well, you also <laughs> don't have a heart, Tom, so it's okay. All right, let's talk about the soil. I'm going to say this at the very beginning of this. I don't feel like I got any closer other than one like sliver of a scene on this episode. I'm not going to say this was a waste of time, Tom. I'd never say that about watching Josh Brolin. We got Billy singing. We got shirtless Josh Brolin. I'm not going to say this was mm -hmm. a waste of time. But I will say I don't feel like I got much closer. It did not move the plot along very much, for sure. I think a lot of this episode, it was shorter, but they wanted to build more on Cecilia and Perry's kind of backstory-ish and allow their kind of characters to breathe and see how they're kind of unraveling throughout this. We've obviously seen Royal unravel and uh, Rhett unravel. Um, so I think now we're kind of getting a little bit more of the other part of the family, but I'm with you. It's short. We don't get a lot of big plot developments outside of maybe the last five minutes where, well, I'd say maybe the first two minutes and last five minutes are sure. big plot developments. Sure. The best part of a sandwich is the bread on both ends is what I have always <laughs> exactly. said. Get rid of the stuff in the middle. I don't need the turkey. I don't need the mayo. I don't need the pickles. Just give me that sweet bread, and that's what we got on this episode. This is a sandwich, a bread sandwich episode. No, that doesn't make sense. I'm still workshopping. We'll get there. Okay. This one starts okay. right where the other one ends with the brutal murder mm -hmm. of Royal by one Wayne. Uh, he knocks mm -hmm. him upside the head with a magic rock and then takes off. I was bothered. I think the main thing I've been bothered by this show is Wayne's driving through a field with a pickup truck. Mm. He like he's really got a hard time with straight lines. It's just like him fishtailing left and right. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, he's gonna fall into a different void if he keeps driving like that. But it seemed like a very smooth pasture for all things considered. Like, you figured it'd be a little bit bumpier, uh, but I mean I get it. He was excited. He found uh, his long lost hole. So he was just Is that what he's so the, excited the about? I didn't understand what he was so yeah. excited about. He's excited about that he found the void. And clearly, he, he steps through the doorway. So he's back at his house. Um, short mm -hmm. drive, by the way. Doesn't seem like West Pasture to the house is very far. Um, <laughs> no. He, he goes in. 
he's doing Wayne Tillerson things. He's screaming. Uh, we get Luke. You know, he's got the shirt half pulled down and the Under Armour logo. logo. The guy's <laughs> never worn anything but a fitted Under Armour shirt. And he's like, I think he's screaming, I found it. Or like, I'm the winner. I found it. That's what he shouts. I found it several yeah, times. Yeah, he keeps repeating. And he found it. Mm-hmm. But during that point, we see a flashback of a mm-hmm. boy climbing out of the void and at first i was like oh it's a kid coming out of a, a mine because he's covered in coal dust <laughs> but then yeah uh, it was upon, like scary movie style yeah upon the like um seventh watch i realized it's that black visual stuff they do mm-hmm. uh, with the mm-hmm. elephant um and so i think we predicted this right Did, or, and should we be yeah. proud of this yeah. prediction I think so. I think you can get uh, three internet points for it. Because, I mean, at this point, I think it's very clear that they were childhood friends, and this is likely where they met. Uh, Royal is, you know, Emerging crawling out of this. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that's why maybe he couldn't remember the, the first nine years of his life. I guess the question would be, is this the first time they met? Were they friends just walking around in the pasture, and then he fell in and then came back later? I think that's potentially still a question, but there's no question as to that's a kid royal coming out, and that was a kid Wayne seeing him and freaking out and running in the other direction. Sure, and they became instant friends. <laughs> he says something, though. Doesn't Wayne, before he collapses, he says, he says something. He says, like, Royal, did you see what I saw kind of a thing. So I, I think he was still in his mind thinking about when he was a kid kind of a deal. Or, I mean, they obviously had that fight right outside the void. So clearly Wayne knows Royal knows of the whole kind of a deal. Mm. Right? Well, do, okay, this is, let's go down this void hole. <laughs> when Royal finds the hole in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. He seems to be, it seems to be new to him, right? Yes. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wayne would know this was a hole because, or, like, have seen the void before because he watched Royal emerge from it when he was a child. Mm-hmm. But Royal does not seem to have any memory of the void or the hole before. And so even if he was nine years old from, like, a hundred years earlier and he came mm-hmm. through the void... Like, he doesn't see it when he emerges, and I, I guess he just doesn't remember it. Like, the void is new to Royal, right? Let's, let, are we agreed on that? I, I, yeah, I think that's the case. I think when he was, his first nine years of his life, um, who knows what was happening then, but he's getting out of this hole, and once he's out of the hole, it's just like everything else before that is amnesia. So we don't know how long the hole existed after he got out. Um, my it assumption looks, is this was kind like of a one-time thing. It was closing up, like, because it wasn't like he... Oh, I got the sense it was like closing up as he was emerging from it. It could have been. That'd have been kind of cool. <sighs> this show is gonna give me an ulcer. <laughs> they better land it. They better land it so my <laughs> ulcer doesn't rupture. Um, but so you you mentioned earlier when they got back to the house and um, who's who's got the Under Armour shirt? It's uh, Luke. Luke's got the Under Armour shirt. Billy. You saw what Billy was wearing, right? Billy's got this incredible like. It's like all uh, Ricky Bobby, like a Carol Gaines shirt, where it's just like a big portrait of some like 90s female country singer, and it's got like some like crazy font down there. It was just epic and awesome, and you know he's singing her tunes. Do you know who the picture was? 
dude, I tried so hard to like pause the different scenes, see like the lettering on the bottom. I could, you could see the lady's face clear right. as day, but I did not know who it was. You didn't. So go- audience, well, if you know, yeah. by all means, let us know. The issue is we can't Google any of this stuff because you'll run into other things and you don't want to I know. tried. I tried Googling Billy's t-shirt or billy's you know country singer shirt or whatever and of course it showed the one from his funeral and some of the other uh great jams he's been wearing so we'll we'll have to find out at some point maybe we can do a reverse google image search on that lady you just got pictures of that irish kid dancing um <laughs> wayne gets taken you know my wife to, to your point my wife was like i'm trying to figure out who the picture is. like i think we even shot back one like 15 seconds <laughs> frame just yeah to see um, but we couldn't figure it out either. Um, but yeah, Wayne gets taken away in an ambulance, as old sick people do. <laughs> Royal falls shirtlessly through the void in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And my wife, who can be very funny at times, said, <laughs> I wonder what his acting direction was during that falling sequence. Like, what What was his, like... <laughs> I mean, it was... Clearly space mime. Okay, space. pretend like you're in space yes. and that you're a mime nice. and you just got to slowly touch the thing. It was a very odd fall. And even like the uh, the wind that they're blowing on him is right. very subtle. It's like like somebody just like like on the side going. Yes. It wasn't, yes. It wasn't a lot. Why are these people blowing on me? What's the direction? Of this? <laughs> oh, that we don't have a wind machine right now. So these assistant producers are just going <sighs> to at you. Yeah. It was all Trevor, apparently. Trevor's just blowing on him. Oh, that's right. So then we get bloody Trevor, um, mm-hmm. and he's like, Royal. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be profound. Trevor's going to be like, you <laughs> killed me, or like, oh, I will avenge me, or something like that. And he's like, time's an MFR. And I was like, okay. Well, that didn't get me any closer to this mystery, but whatever. Then Royal... Hey, but it's good to see Trevor Trevor okay. Oh, yeah. No. Clearly, I, he's alive in the hole, right? Yeah, it was good to see him back as a <laughs> Dylan Panther uh, playing linebacker for Coach Taylor. Um, <laughs> Royal stumbles away, but we know he's okay because what trinket does he grab off the ground before he leaves? Mm-hmm. He picks up his nice little necklace, so that didn't get taken from uh, Wayne, and it didn't fall down the void, which is good. Um, and then he just kind of take he doesn't have a truck right because he seemingly just wandered out there that night that was see we talked about this we thought the like the light was from a vehicle but i feel like he Mm -hmm. walks home i think so yeah unless he had probably a good let's talk about this hey if you're ever struck (laughs) in the back of the head with a magical rock to the point where you pass out don't get in a vehicle and start driving (laughs) i thought he was gonna get on his horse i thought like the horse had like a strapped on uh light on its head yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the oh, horse beautiful. was a dd but yeah so he gets home and he just takes off at his truck like he doesn't come to say hi to cecilia he sees the ambulances and all the um you know um ruckus going on but he just bolts and leaves yep gets in that vehicle i guess you know what there's some things he does in this episode i'm just gonna chalk up to a concussion that's what i'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah he didn't go through concussion protocol. No, he did not. The NFL, actually, the NFL would have let him play because he's the star of the show. So they're not going to take the star out of the game. We're back at the Abbott Ranch and Cecilia, which I would also like to point out. There's a good chance several of these episodes I've called her Cynthia, but I'm going to stick with her real name, which is Cecilia. Cece. Cece. We're friends with her at this point. There you go. The yeah. big C, the C word. 
Cecilia <laughs> is receiving news over the phone, I think by like her sister or some sort of family member, mm-hmm. that Wayne had a stroke. And he immediately goes to, I wonder if Patricia has power of attorney. <laughs> all she's worried about is the trial. She is mm-hmm. not at all worried about Wayne's well-being, and that's okay. Sometimes we hate our neighbors. And <laughs> then we cut to a fix and fence scene, Tom. And if there's one thing no, I love, great. it's a fix and fence <laughs> scene. It's Perry, and Rhett. Perry mm-hmm. as a good murderer does, apologizes. <laughs> He says, hey, I'm sorry for making you an accomplice in my murder and for rage punching that guy in the throat until he dies. Does he say that, though? He just says, like, I'm sorry for not having a better, like, alibi or backstory for why you were gone. I don't think he apologizes for him being an accomplice. Listen, he does not. And this is, I I, I swear to you, Perry, (laughs) as much as they try to make him sympathetic, is a murderer. Like, (laughs) I, I... if Perry is getting any sleep during this time, like uh, murderer, <laughs> sociopath, some sort, something's wrong with that guy's brain. Um, best, best thing. I mean, little... he's been traumatized though, right? Like, because we we keep thinking about, you know, he's traumatized him by all the freaking out and killing. Committed? Well, clearly, but Rebecca, like we, they haven't. Well, I guess they do later in this uh, episode mention kind of Rebecca and and why she ultimately left or, you know, they had arguments and things like that. But I think you it's easy to forget that he has a wife that's been missing for, what, seemingly nine months, right? Um, I thought it was and seven. And we still don't know what's Was what's it nine or seven? What was the threshold of when you can find a new wife? <laughs> oh, maybe it was six months. months. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You voted for 12. <laughs> yeah, 12, full year. They unfortunately both have to go to their grave married because we don't resolve <laughs> Mary's marriages here. <laughs> it's against the good book. Oh. I've got some questions about the good book here a little bit later. Oh, man. I, boy, you and me too, my friend. The only, we, the only reason this pod is going to be over 45 minutes is because of that Bible study. Don't think I'm not ready. Oh, goodness. Huh. All right. Don't don't jump ahead though. You're gonna get my blood boiling. Um, Rhett, as any good little brother does, mm-hmm. leads with, "Hey, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry that I helped you cover up your murder, uh, which yeah. was just great." And Perry, for some reason, is blown away by this. Uh, the one, I don't know. The one thing I just found un like I didn't understand is outside of the police station. Perry goes, "Listen, I'll go back inside and confess." And, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, just, like, let him. Like, he did something wrong. <laughs> I realize we're all going to go mm-hmm. down at this point. But, like, <laughs> they're not going to get away with this, right? Unless they all jump in the hole, they're not going to get away with this. There's going to be a reckoning. Well, I feel like the only reason that they might get away with it to a point is the fact that this body was only, what, 10 days old or by the time they found it. Or, sorry, 10 hours old, but they found it eight days later. Proving that in court is going to be a challenge, regardless of what uh, Sheriff Joy thinks and feels in her gut, which she's clearly right. Uh, I don't know if it's going to hold up in court. So as long as he doesn't confess, I think he's fine. That's fair. Okay. Should he confess? Yes. But I think he's fine. Okay. All right. Well, I used to think I was the better murderer between the two, but it sounds like <laughs> you're now you're now becoming the better murderer. 
Follow us for more uh, murdering uh, tips at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. No, wait, you can't follow a Gmail account. I don't know how it works. All right. People can figure it out. Uh, Perry is very adamant that he's not going to let Red Rep go down for it, which I thought mm-hmm. was just a really nice thing to say, even though in practice it sounds like Rhett's going to go down for it. But it is what it is. What is your prediction? Do you feel Rhett is going to go down? Are they setting all this up for that? Well, we saw two years ahead, and Perry was at the site. You know who was not at the site? The big R-H-E-double-T. <laughs> He's probably in prison. So, Or he could have been bull riding. He could be at the bull riding championships. Oh, that's true. That's true, because finals are coming up. The barkeep the bar <laughs> yep. mentions it, because bull riding's still a storyline in this TV show. Listen, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get down on this show. I love it. I'm having fun. We're sticking with it. All right. We committed. Autumn is wandering around the Abbott's house. If, mm-hmm. if a door is unlocked and you knock and no one answers, you're allowed to wander around said house, correct? That is, that is uh, a rule? False. False. Okay. Now, well, the door wasn't even unlocked. It was ajar. Ajar. She left it ajar. She, oh, yes. so she's probably doing like a neighborly thing. She's like, oh, the door's <laughs> yeah. open. Maybe something terrible happened. Oh, well, I'm mm-hmm. checking out to see if anyone got, I don't know, vampired. I'll see whether or not my necklace is around. Because isn't it vampires? Yeah. They have to be invited into your house. Isn't that <laughs> Yes, good call. Yeah. Yes, it is a thing. <laughs> Cecilia threatens to shoot her. Well, she's, like, clearing the house, and it's very odd how Autumn, like, Cecilia's in a room, and Autumn, like, makes a noise by the door, but she, like, does so backwards, showing her her back. Is that a thing? To, like, let, make sure somebody doesn't shoot you in the back? No. It was just super odd. No, I, I, I don't understand the layout of this house. We determined during the after party layouts of houses are not something that I understand. I don't know how to get out of the room I'm currently in, but... um. <laughs> I just liked how Cecilia had that line, like, I don't know. I would love to be this quick in real life. I'm not this quick in, like, a stress situation. <laughs> um, but anytime someone's, like, like wandering their house with a gun and they have a line like, don't think I'm not the type of person that won't shoot you in the back. Like, have you yeah. thought of that in a previous situation? <laughs> you're, like, lying in bed and you're like, you know what? If I'm ever in the house and someone else is in here and I threaten them with a gun... This is what I'm going to say. If they're facing me, I'm going to say something about shooting them in the face. If their back's turned to me, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm not afraid to shoot you in the back. If they're facing me sideways, i got to come up with a smaller target. sideways. Smaller target. Yeah. Anyways, she just had that locked and loaded in the same way she had that handgun locked and loaded. But no, I'm with mm-hmm. you. It didn't make much sense other than a writer was like, hey, I've got a really cool line that Cecilia can say. Right. Autumn just needs her necklace. That's all she's there for. She's there for her. She's like freaking out, right? Like she, the fact that she doesn't have it anymore, it seems like a part of her is missing. And she's like almost like jittery. Oh, yeah. She's you get clearly that distressed. Yeah. I did appreciate the whole back and forth about, uh, she's like, yeah, Royal won it in a poker game. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's such a binary way of thinking, winning and losing. Mm-hmm. And Cecilia's like, no, that's poker. You win or it's lose. <laughs> that was just a great great back and forth but you can clearly uh, see that cecilia does not does not like autumn in the least 
Well, she just doesn't know anything, right? To her, in her perspective, she just assumes that Autumn is behind something in all of this mystery. Oh, you think she thinks it's that deep, or you think she just? I just feel like she's well, upset she kept... because someone is in their business during a like, stressful time. That's kind no. Of I think she I didn't. She go in the barn and she kept like questioning Royal about like what's going on, and he says, "Oh, it's, it's got to be that that lady that's on our property." And Royal's like, "No, it's not. Just trust me." Oh, and like, I think that's point. where she kind of blew up. Like, why? Why should I trust you for all this? Like, you're not opening up. You're not doing everything else. So I think she's still real suspicious of of her because he, thinking about it too she has no idea about the void the whole anything else going on like the only new thing kind of in their life right now is cynthia and obviously a little bit of light murder so or sorry not cynthia uh, autumn is new in cynthia's life yes right uh, you got me calling her cynthia now it's cecilia it's cecilia <laughs> uh which i just corrected in the outline which said cynthia <laughs> i saw so, you you're welcome buddy i've set you up to fail again this is <laughs> Ever since middle school, man, I've been I've been helping you fail. You're welcome. She Autumn trying to like obviously make things go smooth and make a friend asks a very diplomatic question like, "Hey, has Royal been acting differently? Has he been keeping secrets?" Which is exactly what you want a young woman who's staying on your property to ask you about your husband. <laughs> to ask. Um, and then she says something about. It's hard to know your, you know, anyone. It's even hard enough to know yourself, which I only bring up mm-hmm. because uh, Cecilia then uses this on Perry later on when she's trying mm-hmm. to wipe up the fire. Um, yeah. We cut to outside the murder bar. Yes, the murder honky tonk. The murder honky tonk. Murder honky tonk uh, <laughs> would be a really good album for whatever cowboy thrash band <laughs> plays in that barn later on this episode. Oh, I love it. Hey, we're going to play our main song from Murder Honky Tonk. We're Cowboy Slasher. Oh, man. I wish they told us the name of that band so that I could go on Spotify and hide their album so it never accidentally plays. Um, what's with the animals in this show, Tom? Can we dive into this a little? Like, do you have theories? Because I'll lay it out for you while you're thinking about mm-hmm. your theory, which I know you haven't prepared. We got the buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo shows up. Buffalo's got arrows. Buffalo, I'm assuming, is from another time. We also have a stuffed Mm -hmm. buffalo on the wall. Later Mm -hmm. in this episode, we're going to have a bear and a stuffed bear and a baby bear Mm -hmm. and the bear that the porridge is just right. And then we have, (laughs) in this scene, a hawk that seems to know what's going on in this parking lot. Like, this hawk is very Mm -hmm. knowing. And not all hawks are knowing. I know some hawks that aren't knowing. I watch them fly around my property. This hawk is very knowing. What is happening with the animals in this? I don't know. Like, my only thing is, like, is it, like, spirit animals for these people? Like, is the buffalo, like, royal spirit animal? Like, Joy, we've established her last name is Hawk. It's Joy Hawk. And there's, like, a hawk up on the, the ceiling of this honky-tonk kind of looking down at her. She kind of gives the hawk, like, an ominous look. I don't know what the connection is. I mean, we've got a mountain of dead owls on a wall. Like, the Tillerson's house is just loaded with... I mean, we, we've talked about the bears. We've talked about the buffalo. But it's got every other animal under the sun. So, I don't know what, like, the symbolism is here or what they're going for. But I'm hoping by the end of this we get a little bit more understanding of it. So, so the buffalo would be Wayne Tillerson's spirit animal. The hawk would be Sheriff Joyce, and then Maybe. 
Bobby the, the bear, bear could be Cecilia's. <laughs> Billy's spirit animal. Because in the flashback, Billy really has a moment with Bobby. So <laughs> Yes, I do appreciate he the, the bear name. I think our issue is we don't hear that bear sing, so the show's not giving us what we want. <laughs> they then I don't know, go- what's your take? Like do you feel like they're putting something in there? Are these like deities that are over watching the all only, these people? The only thing I can think of is Wayne makes a comment during this episode where he, where Billy asks, "Hey, where do you think the souls of like these dead animals go?" And mm-hmm. Wayne says, "Oh, they get swallowed up by the earth, and that he hopes they come back with a vengeance." We're not quite there yet, but we can get into it. So I don't know if this is like reincarnation type stuff. I mean, that buffalo comes in at a very critical time during that poker game, um, right? So. At the very least, these animals all speak English. Um, <laughs> speaking of English, the investigation furthers where we go and talk to one of the bar workers um, who speaks Spanish, and we find out that Perry was the one fighting in the yard, not mm-hmm. Rhett. As much as Sheriff Joy wants Rhett to be the culprit, and she's like, are you sure <laughs> it's not this guy? Are you sure it's not this yeah. guy? Which... I don't know if that's how lineups work. I don't even know if they do lineups anymore. Andy, you can <laughs> add us. Um, but she is clearly zoning in on on Perry a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you brought this up earlier, and I had this thought as she's like going through this, like because she's clearly focused on the last night anyone saw Trevor. But mm-hmm. the coroner said the body was only ten hours dead, and that was eight days later. So it feels mm-hmm. like to me. Like maybe she like if you were a re- if you were a police officer and you didn't know anything about the void or time travel or lost or <laughs> dumb TV shows, like why would you still be following the lead? You know, if you're assuming he lived eight more days, like wouldn't you be like widening the net of people you'd be talking to? Is that I don't know. Like I just didn't no. Understand. I think it's it's fair. She just doesn't have anything else to go on right now, right? And she doesn't. She still feels like there's some something to tug on with this string with the Abbots, and like she knows something's fishy. She know the Abbots have been fishy with everything else going on. Like, sure, it was ten hours, but maybe they held him captive for eight days and then killed him and put him in the woods. You know, ten hours later. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think she has anything else to go on. And like we kind of find out later, she's just kind of following her gut and chasing a hunch. They would have had to keep him in a human cage for eight days and then go beat him on the West Pasture Hillside, which is a thing, and (laughs) do it without dragging him or any signs of malnutrition or anyways. All right. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, I'm just saying. Listen, if you need a human cage, I can get you a human cage. It's no big deal. I got a guy. You got a guy. (laughs) I got a guy. guy. Oh. I don't know if we're, I don't know if that's, yeah. All right. Um, (laughs) Sounds terrible. Then we're back at a university? Uh, Yes, I think this is University of Wyoming, like their their geologist department, or there's something on the car that said like where this was at the university. A school of learned people where they all wear lab Mm -hmm. coats. And they use computers. <laughs> I'm going to say it this way, Tom. Royal goes to a rock scientist. 
uh, and talks to that geologist. Ro- Royal talks <laughs> to the rock scientist. <laughs> and he says to her, he says, rock scientist? You ever talk to Wayne Tillerson? And she's like, yeah, he wanted us to survey some land. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, oh, and nothing ever came of it. Okay, interesting. Um, and this is when Royal's like, hey, I've got this cool necklace that I won during a poker game, <laughs> and I was guided to said necklace by a cool buffalo that understood humans. <laughs> and she was like, what? And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You're a rock scientist. And she's like, okay, show me the necklace. So then we find out what about said necklace, Tom. You, I'm the man of faith. You're the man of science. You break down the science part of this magic rock place. I'll give you the floor. So I think I had theorized that it was topaz because it was kind of like goldish, yellowish in color, but it is amber. Um, so it's amber encased uh, in some kind of unknown origin inside of this this amber. So my immediate thought is, okay, this is clearly dinosaur DNA, and this is the beginning of Jurassic Park because anything inside of amber is going to be dino DNA. Yep, that's correct. That is 100% yep. correct. So when they find out like it's the BY9 and she's part of some kind of conspiracy, like my thoughts again are, um, what is what is it from Jurassic Park? It's like Intelligen or yeah, something, Gen. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is the start of it. Is, is my theory, my going theory, especially with Jurassic World getting ready to come out the new movie. Mm-hmm. This is all, all it's all coming it. together. All part of it. You know that scene in like Jurassic Park two where they're all riding on the motorcycles and they've got all, like, the lasso equipment to collect the dinosaurs. They're all in, like, cool black stuff. And, you know, I think it's the Vince Vaughn one and the... Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have always thought to myself, I probably would have joined that organization. I'd be one of those guys on the bikes trying to, like, capture dinosaurs. Just a faceless henchman. Um, That's... That's where I see myself in the Jurassic <laughs> Park world. I would not be one of the like noble people that's like, no, we shouldn't do blah, blah, blah. Dinosaurs have feelings. I'd be like, all right, yeah, uh, I got health benefits through this corporation. They're sending me to this weird island. I've got to collect these big animals. They're not telling us much, but uh, I'll call you in six months when I get home. <laughs> that's what I've tried up your alley. So I would be part of BY9, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> But I guess we do find out that BY9 is a mining company. They don't say yes. it explicitly in here. I think when he calls, like, it's their mining. So they're going to apparently be the ones in two years plus time that are going to be, I don't know if they're mining for this specific substance or what it is, but... Uh, dino DNA? You think they're the Dino, dino DNA, DNA mining company? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, doesn't he call the number and it doesn't exist? So it's kind of like... yeah. Maybe oh, it's a but front this scientist knows what's going on too, right? She gives some. She's looks. shady. Like she's like, mm-hmm. oh, leave it with me. I'll take care of it. I won't go forward in time and watch you die in a barn. Like she's definitely <laughs> the way she even grabs it. She kind of grabs it from him and kind of like yanks the like necklace oh, part I of it. I thought it was more about like, him was not awkward. wanting to let it go. Like you, you took it as her oh, pulling okay. it. I took it as him like having trouble letting this prized hmm. possession be in someone else's hands. That's how mm, I okay. take it. I like it. But he doesn't get his answers there. He doesn't need to get his answers there. Not at a learned university. He's got to go to the place where nor- knowledge is stored, Tom. Where does Royal <laughs> Abbott go to find the knowledge of the world? A good old-fashioned library where he goes to find somebody to go on the internet for him. Which, I mean, this, 
this is so brilliant it's because it's just as easy <laughs> well that's what's so funny because like it's just as easy to like have him pull out his phone and like do a quick google search but the fact that he doesn't get that because he's like a true rancher that just doesn't get the internet knows what it can do but cannot do it himself and you know i don't know who this poor woman is that has to search the internet for him she looks but so then like annoyed. he sees like the contact info and he's like oh contact contact contact, contact. i want that <laughs> That was so great. I love that little touch. That was incredible. That was incredible. We have found out he doesn't have a cell phone, right? Does he have a cell phone? I don't think he does because he uses, mm. well, he uses a pay phone, which was an incredible moment. Um, you probably <laughs> need to explain to half the audience what a pay phone is. Because, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. And they make a comment. I thought they made a comment about the watch thing. They're like, hey, you should probably get a phone because your watch is off. Oh, yeah, yeah I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. He calls BY9 on a payphone, which is something that Superman used to use to change into his costume. Uh, but you put corners into a machine, and then you can call, I don't know, people at jail or call from jail. <laughs> works. Anyways, BY9's a mining company, but here's what I wanted to know. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Here's where the Julian sigh. Here's, oh. This is, I sigh because I hate thinking too hard, and this is what happened. <laughs> So there's a picture on the wall of that scientist, that rock doctor, rock scientist, um, rock doctor. I actually like rock doctor. Rock do- that's rock that's doctor a B-52 song. Musical, though. That's, that's, that's the a B-52 song. Yeah. Rock doctor. Doo, doo, doo. Rock I'm un- doctor. I'm unfamiliar. Um, I'm unfamiliar. If they, unless they played it at Bible studies, I'm unfamiliar with it. Um, there's a picture of her standing in front of a BY9 sign like there's a picture Mm -hmm. it's like a poorly photographed uh yeah very bad photoshop he calls and the number doesn't exist does by9 in this current timeline exist or does he not get well no they go on the internet and the company it's got to because well but she has the picture like unless you're saying that this rock scientist is traveling through time time as well i'm saying yeah i don't think so Okay. No. doesn't work mainly because the librarian finds their website, and it doesn't. All right, all right, all right. I pulled on the thread, and nothing came up. I'm not ashamed. Listen, I'm not ashamed to ask the questions. All right. I'm not ashamed to ask the questions we're all thinking. Uh, speaking of asking questions we're all thinking and really being confused, let's dive into the Bible study. Oh, let's. Whew. Wow. All right. So Cecilia. Now, can you just tell me, like, never been to a Bible study, wasn't sure. really raised religious, uh, don't go go to church. Is this, if I were to go to church, is this what I should expect? No. So this is not a <laughs> okay. this is not a church service. This is a Bible okay. study, and so nowadays they'd probably call it like a small group, and it's just where like a group of people once a week get together. They like read a portion of the Bible and then they talk about it. What it means to okay. them, how it you know how it relates to their life. Uh, think of it like AA uh, or NA in your case, which you're familiar with. Okay. Uh, I'm so glad you got off the white lightning, Tom. Um, <laughs> you just sit around and Sorry. essentially, it's like anything. It's like therapy. You sit around, you kind of talk about your life, the things that are going on, uh, with mm-hmm. the added element of you know what the Bible. Uh, has to say about some things that are mm-hmm. happening but now bears bears and and 42 uh children is that a common bible verse to discuss with friends it's one of the main ones it's one of the tenets <laughs> okay. it's one of the tenets of the bible 
it's it's so pretty weird. much the first one you're gonna hear about um, okay. because they want to weed out pro bear people and anti bear <laughs> okay. people, and also they want to weed out pro children people and anti children mm. people. <laughs> Got to okay. be anti children if you want to chase down this verse. Mm-hmm. That's oh, why I'm a little kid lover. All right, so this is an Old Testament story uh, about Elijah. I will. I mean, I'm not gonna dive into this. I appreciate a story, or a I appreciate a uh, TV show that finds one of the crazier verses in the Bible. <laughs> you know what? I back that. I backtrack that. Like partially crazy. There's a lot of crazy. Uh, I'm gonna get in trouble for that statement. But um, <laughs> one of the more off the wall ones that's tough to like relate to, uh, mm-hmm. which is about the prophet Elijah cursing 42 children. And then two female bears coming out and mauling those children to death. And the woman that's running this Bible study, her transition of, so, how does God's judgment play out in our own lives? I'd be like, if I was in that Bible study, I'd be like, wait, what? What just happened? I gotta be honest, I don't remember this story. This story did not, like, hop out at me. Um, So naturally, I had to go to the internet and figure out what was going on here. Uh, there is a translation argument that can be made that the, the like dead children in this translation is actually not like dead children. It's more like it's not actually kids. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a certain uh, term for like servants or youths or something like that. Older people, essentially. That still doesn't defend what happens in this <laughs> passage. So... Um, I would encourage anyone if you want to if you want to really dive into it, go Google this. I think it's from Kings. Go Google this story and see what the internet has to say. It's it's tough to defend, um, so I won't try. And if to you're not so if you're not very religious, start here or don't start here. No, don't start here. Start in John. Read, <laughs> read John in the New Testament and feel good, and then okay, and then go to Kings and feel. God's Old Testament wrath descend upon you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I've got I've got another question. Oh, so yeah, sure. <laughs> the story story is interesting. Now, it got a little touchy feely here, and and I mean that in a literal sense. Uh, all the ladies kind of start putting their hands on uh, Cecilia in prayer. Is that a common thing as well? Uh, the laying on of hands can be common in certain religious okay. circles. I would argue that. Uh, it depends on the depends on the group, uh, but I would say there's there's more of a. Ooh, I think there is a. I'm going to use this term wrong. More of a um, like there is something in human touch that like we mm-hmm. crave or or like need. Same way like a hug feels good. Any of those things, I do think mm-hmm. like that's kind of at play here. As I've like removed myself from the. From the ritual of it all, like I can say, there is something comforting about knowing, like there's a group of people, as long as they're not like touching you inappropriately, uh, which Tom and I are both strongly against. Um, I do think that there's like something comforting about like people caring about you and showing it by like physical touch. That's that's all yeah. I'll say. And I think that's, I that's fair. I think it took an, me a little bit from an outsider's <laughs> view, like. Because I'm trying to think, like, where else in society would this ever happen? Like, uh, 
we're a pretty. I've got a bubble, up. man. Like if people, if people are gonna go in my bubble and like just start touching me, like I get that like idea of touch and feel and how sure. it can be powerful. But like, yeah, you gotta have a lot of uh, faith in these friends to just all put their well, think dirty of, mitts all over think you. Think of it this way: like <laughs> Cecilia makes the comment, "When have I ever missed Bible study?" So this is a group of women yeah. that she's like friends with. Yeah. They've shared things about. Their husbands needing new hips and that being God's judgment <laughs> in their husband's lives. Like there's, it's not like something that on the first time you would show up, a bunch of people would be like, hey, can we lay hands on you? Like that, that's not necessarily would happen unless uh, it's a, one of those weird organizations. Anyways, uh, okay. I loved every part of this moment. I'm glad we discussed it. Hopefully I solved all the issues with that uh, Bible verse. I think we can all agree it's very helpful for our own lives. Now, can I ask yes. before you, you move on? Like, is the, <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Um, is the idea of them sharing this just because they're doing like some sort of like bear like storyline later in this episode? Like, do they need to bring up a, a Bible verse that had bears in it because she's going to find a, a dead bear cub and... They're going to have, like, the Tillersons are going to have a conversation over that bear. Like, is there something that ties into it that you can make sense of? I mean, the only thing I can think of is she brings up God's judgment. And so, like, you can clearly see Cecilia, who is helping cover up a murder. And as Patricia brings up, murder is not a real, like, uh, Jesus wasn't big on murder. Um, <laughs> it's frowned upon. Yeah. So I think what we're getting here is the lady bringing up, hey, how does God's judgment play in your own life? Cecilia, like, thinking to herself, like, am I going through some sort of judgment because of what mm -hmm. I've covered up? But then yeah. most definitely, I think because of the way the show is, they're like, hey, what, you know, there weren't a lot of bison in the Bible, um, so they had to find the next best thing, and I think it's this bear verse. That that was how I. Okay. But I do think it leads to yeah, what happens later, um, because I guess there's lions that are talked of, but uh, lions, lambs, but bison and bears are pretty rare. So they found the one um, bear. I don't think there's a lot of lions in in Wyoming. I could be wrong. Maybe mountain lions. No, I no, I I. I I, sorry, I was making the Bible <laughs> correlation as opposed to... I was trying to find the relation between the Wyoming wildlife and, I don't know, uh, 0 AD Israel um, or whenever it was. Anyways. Yeah, so... But thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Listen, there's some... St I'm not going to pretend, like, when they told this, I was like, wait, is this real? And I went and looked it up. So uh, I'm doing my best over here. They head over to Patricia Tillerson's with some casseroles, because nothing heals strokes and deaths like casseroles. Um, a little, little hands-on, a little casseroles, and we've got it all solved. Uh, mm -hmm. You can tell that Patricia, not really feeling Cecilia in this moment. Uh, she's like, picks her out of the group. And I like well, when Cecilia mentions like we've got all this tension, and then she calls out like is tension is that what yeah. is that what you think this is? Because clearly that's not what uh, Patricia's thinking. Right, right. Because the Bible's pretty clear on murder uh, being bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, and she we've, we've established that Patricia clearly knows it was Perry that killed her, her son. So well, I will say she clearly knows, but the reason she knows is suspect in terms of. <laughs> 
he looked away from the open casket, therefore he's the murderer. I There's a couple of things that happened in this scene that I really liked. The procession of women with casseroles walking along those giant pavers like to yeah. wherever Patricia has fallen asleep on the patio and the help yeah. wakes her up. Uh, all of that I thought was just a great moment. Patricia waking up, the people, and all I could think about was how much those pavers and putting them in place cost. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We then are back at the farmhouse, the Abbott house, and Cecilia gets distracted. And it feels like she's trying to burn the house down. I don't know. It's just like a, a deliberate act of arson. I don't know. The second she put that cloth down, my wife was like, uh, that call's a little close to that open flame, and then two <laughs> seconds later, poof. poof. It was a great call. Yeah, so she puts that out, and then she finds uh, a baby bear out the window, I believe, which causes mm. her to yeah. uh, run out there. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is, I mean, the Bible story and the baby bear are not a coincidence. There is a correlation here uh, where she's got bears on the brain. Um, <laughs> I got really worried this whole time. She runs out to that bear cub, and this is Wyoming, and they've got murderous bears out there. And I was like, oh, I was like, get away from that cub. Like, as soon as that mama bear shows up, you're getting mauled. But nope, Cecilia right. doesn't, doesn't, she decides to uh, carry the bear, drag the bear, um, and then she digs the hole very quickly. She is shoulder deep <laughs> in a hole. And I thought to myself, did Cecilia dig the void, Tom? Was Cecilia, <laughs> is Cecilia the one that's digging the void? No, because we've established that shovels cannot survive the void. So, well, Here's the other thing. If Cecilia found the void, she would have filled it. Because she dig so quickly. So quickly. And then They called her Dig Dug in high school. <laughs> dig Dug. Oh, where's Grayson? Oh, man. Um, but she doesn't use the hole, right? She doesn't. It's she, weird. She gets like some like moment Tom, of. It's like, weird. Explains this whole show. <laughs> by the way, thank you. That's the that's the subtitle of this show. It's weird. What's your theory? It's weird. It's All weird. right, good. Yeah. But she, yeah, like has a moment where she reflects, or I don't know what, but she decides to just drag the bear into a shed, and we don't see what happens to the bear. I'm not sure if we're supposed to know. She's keeping it. Maybe she's gonna stuff it. Uh, I don't know. Because that's uh, yeah. where we cut, right? Like, once it goes yeah. to the shed and she's seemingly keeping it, then it cuts to uh, the bear in Billy and. Room. Yes. Okay, okay. The stuffed bear. So the show is trying to tell mm-hmm. us, like, these bears are the same ones. But. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I didn't understand. I was like, <laughs> okay, what? I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. To, to, to your point, Tom, it's weird. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. And then we've got Billy sitting with his father, who is on death's door. And what mm-hmm. is Billy singing, Tom? And thank God for oh. Billy. Yeah, he's doing a poison classic. Every rose has its thorn. And every time I hear this song, I immediately go just Bill and Ted, Excellent Adventure. I know, I think this is actually Bogus Journey, is when they have to... Uh, uh, plead themselves to God at the pearly gates and their way to try to get in to talk to God is them singing this song. And it was poetic Classic. and beautiful. Classic. <laughs> that sounds like a movie we should watch in Bible study. Um, 
I gotta be honest, up until this moment, I thought this was a Seal song. I thought this was like Seal's one hit. Um, but I'm realizing... No, that's the other one. That's Kiss from a Rose on a Grave. Okay. That's the whole title of that song? Kiss from a Rose on a Grave? I think it might be like one of those sets, and I'm gonna get yelled at from my wife. I'm pretty sure it says like, it's like maybe called Kiss, and then in parentheses as on a rose on a grave, like one of those weird titles. Tom, Tom. I could, I could be wrong. Tom. Blink if your wife's yelling at you a lot. Blink, give us a... a... Listen, me and my wife argue. I wanted to move back to California. (laughs) She wanted to live in Arizona. (laughs) Oh, you're a real-life Perry. That's for sure. Yep. All right, so we cut to the... It's just called Kiss Kiss My Rose. Rose. Okay, on a grave. Got it. That's how I'm going to think about it for the rest of my life. Until (laughs) there's a rose thrown on my grave. Um... The bear's the same bear. The bear's name is Bobby. We get a flashback where <laughs> Billy is like, hey, Dad, what happens to animal souls when they die? And did you get this? Which can I say? Wayne? This, is, this is a question. Sorry. This is a question that you feel like Billy would be asking his dad if he was like 12 and not like 30. Listen, I'm going to say this again. I don't know if Billy is all there in the brain. Um, that was funny. What happens to animal souls when they die? Wayne says they it's get a fair swallowed question. by the earth. And then the earth mm-hmm. spits them back out. And then he talks about he hopes they seek vengeance. And mm-hmm. the lesson he teaches his young son, but not that young son... <laughs> Not not too young a son to be asking these questions. Billy's like, hey, if something ever happened to you, would you want us to seek vengeance? And Wayne, being a great father, goes, yes, <laughs> seek vengeance at all costs. Scorch the earth. He's like, if there's even a glimmer of some sort of falsity around my death, murder everyone. So that's probably where Billy went weird and started... Well, and we've seen in the flash forward that Luke seems to take that to heart, right? Like, as he's taking a gun and he's shooting at Royal when he kind of hops back uh, into the hole and leaves. But we don't know, yeah, is is Billy going to try to take matters into his own hands at some point? That gun because I agree, he seems just very quickly. impressionable. Royal, yeah, Royal's it's a flash not wound. Even, yeah, it's a flash wound. In and out, through and through. <laughs> through and through. <laughs> oh, Josh Brolin, it. man. You seen that guy shirtless? Oh. He He's fine. Incredible guy. Guy could kill half the universe with a <laughs> snap of his fingers. <laughs> All right, we're back at Luke and Patricia. Uh, thank you, show, for telling us there's no power of attorney. There's no way to do business while he's incapacitated. Uh, and Patricia encourages Luke to find out a way to pursue the Abbott land. My favorite moment mm-hmm. in this is where Patricia's like, "Listen, you think Wayne would let people say no to him?" And Luke's like, "No, he wouldn't." But I'm not him. And Patricia's like, yeah, yeah, you're not him. <laughs> like, in a very, like, disappointed mom way. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, God. I was going to say, because he's, he's clearly crazy, and the mom knows it. So, yeah. like, I don't know what the mom wants from this. No. Like, maybe wants him to be part of him no. or, like, pieces. She but, would, yeah, I she mean, wants I think for the, the better, it's not. Yeah, she wants the aggressive part of him. I would say Luke is probably like sensible enough to gather some of the good traits <laughs> of his father and dismiss the yeah. poor traits. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just thought that whole moment was funny where she was like clearly disappointed. He wasn't a like raging, angry person uh, who would push all these people. Uh, but yeah, that was a great scene. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Uh, maybe Luke's the hero of the show. I don't know. Uh, we cut to Joy's office. Sheriff Joy. She's looking over the case. Matt comes mm-hmm. in because they're going to order food from Lynette's, which everyone knows Lynette's got the greatest. So I good. don't know bread sandwiches. So and um, <laughs> she makes the comment, which I think I. I mean, I get her point. She's like. How many times did I sit across from Perry, like talking about his missing wife? And so, like, for now, him to be like a murderer, I think the betrayal there, like, is palpable from like Sheriff Joy's side. So I, th- I, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting way they conveyed that. And then I think it's even funnier that Matt's like, "Listen, I just think Perry's a good man." I think Perry's mm-hmm. a good man. Yeah, what's your gut say? He's a good man. Yeah. But the thing I feel like is kind of interesting here is she hasn't established any motive at all yet. Like, she still has it in her gut that Perry did it and that it was some kind of scuffle outside the bar. But I think it's kind of interesting that she hasn't, like, tried to go down that thread. Like, why would Perry do this? Because, um, like, she knows he's a good person or a good man based on conversations they've had. You would think she would maybe even start to think is is an accident but she's never positioned that to perry like hey did you accidentally do this or something like that that's fair that's fair i mean does she know about the land dispute i guess that might be motive for why perry would be so upset with the tillersons but maybe there's mm-hmm. I'm, maybe there's tension between these families biblical tension between these families going back <laughs> four thousand years you know uh, from when the <laughs> yeah. earth was created who knows um no, it's a good point, though. Yeah, she does not have motive. She just has... She doesn't even have a belt buckle with DNA on it. She doesn't even have the right person's DNA. Uh, I don't know what she's going on, Tom. I don't gut. But then Sheriff Joy tells a story, which... Heartbreaking story. Like, I did not enjoy it. I felt for... I felt like this was a... It was like a way to illustrate that even good people that are like good men can still do terrible mm-hmm. things. I really felt the Juilliard playwright in this in this scene, and I, I'm not <laughs> trying to like minimize it. Like, is terrible. Feels like we could have, I don't know. Feels like we just could have gotten to Perry being a good man but still being guilty. But I liked your transition to I'd like like pasta salad or potato salad or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, well, Well, I think a lot of this, this is just to establish that, like, she has good instincts, right? Like, isn't that part of the story as well? Like, obviously, a sad, sad story of, you know, how, you know, Indians have been treated or Native Americans from the white man or that kind of deal, like, as she kind of says, the way her parents positioned it to her. But I think this is just say, like, she trusted her gut then to not get in this car and who knows what happened. And she's trusting herself now. And she kind of whispers underneath her breath before she says, yeah, give me the Cobb salad or whatever she orders. She says, like, he did it. Reinforcing mm-hmm. that Perry did it. Um, yeah. Which, once again... She must have also seen the, the look at the funeral then. That's got to be the, the impression, right? Perry's going down all because he couldn't look at a dead body. <laughs> what an idiot. Makes that me think tale. next time I murder someone and I'm at a funeral, I've just got to stare wide-eyed at that open body. Um, we're back at the Abbott house. Perry's drinking in the dark, as most serial killers do. Cecilia is wiping up burning, as is normal. When you burn something, you can wipe it away with a wet <laughs> rag. Um, I love how annoyed she is with Mopey Murderer in the other room. <laughs> He's like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on over there? And she's just like, shut up. 
No one wants to talk to you. You're the Where's your dad? Go, go see your dad. Yeah, go, Hang out with him. Go play with the void in the West Pasture. <laughs> um, yeah, so I enjoyed all of this. but uh, we Like did. you mentioned earlier, though, this is where Cecilia gives that line back to Perry, right? In terms of, and doesn't even make like, eye contact with him. It's just kind of like with her back to him, says the, the line about like not knowing people and also not being able to know yourself truly. Because I think Perry's having this moment of crisis. Well, he's obviously had plenty of moments of crisis, but he keeps thinking like he's got like bits and pieces of his father and he doesn't know like, you know, what to make of it. Sure. I think it's been like nine or ten days since per- Perry's murdered. Uh, and he's getting the itch. I think that's what it's come down to. <laughs> he needs to kill again. He needs to kill again. Um, Perry <laughs> goes into town to get a drink alone, which is obviously if you're going to drink alone, you want to drive into a crowded honky tonk into um, town mm-hmm. and and uh, have a drink. He runs into Autumn. They have a great meet cute. One of the classic rom com <laughs> meet cutes of all time. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I was looking. See if Royal would show up. Looking and he, for your dad. And he's like, oh, she's classic like, classic meet cute. Yeah. She's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm trying to be alone. She's like, sorry. I just, I mean, the chemistry flying off the page, out of the television. I don't know. Off the phone. However, you watch this, I don't understand. Um, then Perry offers to take her out of town to a place that's different, which is definitely what a murderer would say to a young woman. Like, hey, I know this place. It's not here in town. It's pretty different. If you're cool, you'll want to go. And she's like, oh, I'm cool. I want to go. And then murder. That's exactly what. Just hop in the back of my van. I got this cool yeah. new bike with some oh. new candy. You're going to yeah. love it. Do you like candy necklaces? I see you're missing a necklace. Here's a candy necklace. It doesn't like, it. have shifting weird black stuff, but you can have it. You can eat it. Murder. Uh, but no we don't go to a murder we go to where music is murdered we go to a cowboy metal show uh, which I was blown away by the fact that the singer had a cowboy hat on was in my mind I was like these places exist I I guarantee this band exists these types of places exist Mm -hmm. my version of country music is probably a very dumbed down Nashville version but this is where the real cowboys go this was uh, unique, to say the least. Like, I did not see this Dumb. coming. It was crazy. This was weird. This was weird. <laughs> Sorry, this was weird. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was fun. It's like it's like a weird slice yeah, of life fun. that you know you know exists out there. It's just like a small smaller culture, I'd imagine, with cowboy death metal dudes. Um, but yeah, they're washing it up. They're having a good time. I feel like the cowboy hats kind of ruin like the head banging a little bit with sure. like getting your hair going, sure. but. Uh, yeah, man, they're having a great time. Not necessarily my cup of tea in terms of music or moshing. I have listened, like, when I grew up to, like, some, like, punk bands. When I'd go see them live, they would do, like, mosh stuff, and I always stayed well away from that. But, I don't know, did you ever mosh when you were younger? No. You ever no, any mosh never. stories? No. There wasn't a lot of uh, religious <laughs> concert moshing going on. It's all, very, it's all very tame. A lot of laying on of hands, but in a gentle way, not in a moshing type of way. I think in the like opening bands of maybe a thrice concert, there was moshing going mm-hmm. on, but no, I would never, I, I would never <laughs> endanger this temple of a body uh, by being punched in the face by someone's ball bearing uh, bracelet. I don't know. That's not, that's not what I'm in for. 
But I did think it was interesting. It was like these two people, like, because they're both like screaming, right? They both like get into it. Yeah. They don't necessarily mosh, but they're screaming. Um, I think it's just like a visceral thing, right? You can just like release your anger, your tension. I think they do even do a little bit of moshing. I think she pushes some some dudes around. Yeah. I mean, two things will release the tension in a body. And Perry knows this. You go to a cowboy (laughs) mosh pit and you scream. And the other is has the blood of your victim on your hands as you take their life. That's what Perry's looking for. That's, I mean, simple. simple. He's a simple man. Those are the two things he looks for. I think there's a third one, but I'll leave that to the imagination. Okay. Does it involve hands? Anyways, uh, we're then at a different bar, a much calmer bar. Rhett's bar, we'll call it. Um, mm-hmm. Orders a drink, orders a beer and a whiskey, which is a normal thing people do. Sees Maria. She's over there shooting the old billiards, the old nine ball. Um, he tips his beer to her. And then we get some fun violin orchestra tuning their instruments while these two uh, go to a hotel. I, that, I, we're not at anyone's house, yes. right? This is a hotel room? No. Yeah, and they're definitely getting be, like a... Must be, must be nice to live the life of a cowboy rodeo star where you've got hotel money for Friday nights. Well, this is one of those hotel rooms you're paying by the hour kind of thing, I think. Oh, no. Um, oh, but... <laughs> that's the prostitute. Interesting. That's where he gets his money. But, I don't know, There was there's odd music throughout this entire episode, and I think this is the one that stands out the most. Because, like you said, it's not like some like pretty violin music. It's just it's just chaos. It, it's like they're, yeah, to your point, like tuning their instruments and it gets like louder and louder and like crescendos kind of at the end. And I just don't understand what they're going for here. If it's just because they, they've established that they've had a relationship since they've been young and they've never like, you know, come together as uh, like a couple. A married couple. And now sure. they're kind of finally yes. doing <laughs> a married couple. Yes. Sure. So now they're kind of finally like being intimate. And as opposed to it being like, I don't know, typical like lovey dovey kind of music. It's just like, I don't know, like almost like horror-ish in this whole sequence. So yeah. I don't like. Does yeah. this have more? Just got warm like, over here, Tom. You were describing <laughs> those violins in that. Yeah. Listen, I've got a wall of smut that I can tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> right next to my dead owl wall. Smut. It gets your ticker going. But like I don't like it made it almost seem like there was like something menacing about this scene, and it, it this is not true. But this is not a real theory. But I'm going to throw it out there. Were they making autumn? Boom, mic drop. Were they making autumn? This this relationship that they just had in this uh, one hour quickie motel six here, maybe they are making future baby autumn. Interesting. Time is a construct. Time is, a, is an MFR. It's an MFR. Interesting, Tom. It's, I, I mean, it can't be true, but I just like, that's my mind went. I'm like, because they cut from this scene directly to Autumn and uh, uh, Perry kind of talking in the car. And I think Autumn is like the first person to talk. Um, it's a very loose thread. I'm going to uh, not even pull on quite yet, but just throw it out there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You've got my. You've got my slow gears spinning right now. They're always slow, but now they're spinning. I, interesting, interesting. I did not think of that, but I really like it. Like there is a weight to what's happening in that room. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. All right. I don't have an answer <laughs> Just for a you, pondering. Tom, but yeah. Just a ponder. I'm going to listen. I'm going to ponder it <laughs> later on tonight. That's for sure. Wait, what? All right. Uh, then we're outside, and we've got Perry and Autumn talking on a tailgate, as country mm-hmm. folk do. They're talking about their families and how they both think their families think they are defective. And mm-hmm. I would argue that their families maybe have a point. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. No judgment. Perry tells a story about how he's met his wife in college. They were go- both going to the University of Wyoming, which I believe is where that rock scientist works. And his wife didn't like Wyoming. She was from the West Coast, right? She was a California girl. Yep. California girl. That's when California Girl starts playing in the background. Um, And they argued a lot, which is always a good sign Mm -hmm. of marriage. And I feel like this bit is, like the way um, Perry is presenting this, is he's just haunted by the fact that when she went missing, like they had a big argument that night. And he doesn't know if she just wandered off, went for a walk to cool off or something, and something actually happened to her. She got abducted or, you know, something really bad happened. Or if she was just fed up with the stuff and left. Uh, and I think that's kind of like what this scene is drawing out is he just, he can't get over that. And I think it's a fair thing to have, especially when they have a daughter together and your wife just walking off because she's fed up with you, I don't think fits. But, you know, he's not thinking kind of clearly about that. Yeah, I'm... I'm with you. Like, as he was telling the story, I was like, well, uh, Perry, sounds like you guys weren't getting along for a really long time. And maybe (laughs) she just bounced. But then you go back to, well, then there's Amy. And Mm -hmm. it would be very difficult to just, like, up and leave your kid. Um, Not that people don't do it, but it would be uh very difficult listen amy's a sweetheart you're not leaving that kid no amy's great she looks just like autumn speaking of autumn (laughs) autumn says something that truly is profound she says something along the lines of what if i told you it's possible to know what happened to her without knowing what actually happened to her what if what's (laughs) happening is bigger than all of us scene cuts no follow-up from Perry. Well, Perry Perry may be like, wait, what? Nope, nope, yeah. show. Hey, I got an idea, show. Keep <laughs> us in that room for like 10 more minutes so that Crazy can explain what she's saying because it doesn't make any sense. What? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what is Autumn talking about, Tom? Tom, I'm going to give you the floor. You know what's happening here. You can explain Autumn's brain. You clearly are in sync with her. Uh, you know where she came from the moment she was conceived. Mm-hmm. You've, cu- you've, you've clued in on that. Uh, <laughs> please explain to us, what is Autumn talking about? Now, you might... Take your uh, time, Tom. Not, okay, this, this might be a surprise to you, but this scene is weird. This is a weird <laughs> one. <laughs> this, this is the epitome of timey-wimey right here, bro. Timey-wimey, it's bad. <laughs> She has, I I don't know what her backstory is, man. Like, I just don't know what, if she understands what's in this rock and that it can transform. We'll get to this last scene here where she's theoretically talking to a time-traveling royal. It's just, like, to to me, I still think that there's just something in her that, almost like with, with Sheriff Joy, like, she's got something in her gut that 
tells her something is off or there's something weird going on. But I don't think she can explain it right now. Mm. Like future her version of her seems like she knows it all, um, like dressed in yellow and all that jazz. But now she's just like, she doesn't have the answers, but she certainly has a lot of the questions. Yeah, no. Way to timey-wimey it. I don't... <laughs> what if I told you it was possible to know what happened to her without knowing what actually happened to her? Uh, All right. Let's go back to the Abbott Ranch, where Cecilia is struggling to read her Bible because, like, Royal shows up in the yard and she's trying to pass the time with some light reading. Uh, and then she finds out that someone gets a stake driven through their head. I don't know. That's a different story in the Bible. Um, but There's vampires in the Bible? Uh, no, head, not chest. Anyways. Oh, sorry. Sees Royal. He gets home. He goes to the barn. She, like, gets fed up, so she, like, slides the Bible away. And then we're in the mm-hmm. barn with Royal, who puts the necklace in a vice, and he just cranks on that sucker. Until it shatters, mm-hmm. and then he gets black all over his hands, and then the episode ends, and that's it. We don't have to talk about anything more. That was that was the end. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. He broke the necklace, and now he owes uh, owes Autumn like I don't know twelve dollars, whatever it costs for an amber necklace. No, he mm-hmm. then goes forward in time. Have we mm, have we ever seen anyone go backward in time, Tom? Is it only forward with this stuff? It's forward two years when he falls into the void. It's uh, when he sticks his arm into the void. No, when he sticks his arm into the void, he goes. He sees a flashback of him as a child, right, with Wayne. That's where we see the two boys. Yeah, but he's not like, I, I yeah, he's not going back in time. Like I feel like he, he sees, sees the it. future when he sees Cecilia talk, but he sees like you know himself maybe or or Wayne oh, very quick right. as a kid. He goes in the. He goes. He sees himself in the as the. As a kid, but then he's in the living mm-hmm. room where Sheriff Joy is, which he then appears yeah. later. So the majority mm-hmm. of the time you touch this black stuff, you go forward in time. And this time he goes mm-hmm. forward in time. And what happy scene does he come across in the barn forward in time? So this is the scene where in the very first episode, it was the end of the first episode, right? Or the second where he actually, uh, no, sorry, end of the second episode where he talks to cecilia cecilia says like hey you died in the barn in my arms two years ago or whatever it was and this is that sequence we don't know what happened what the trauma is he seems to be dying right like he's still kind of moving a little bit uh but cecilia's there and of course autumn is there too dressed in her canary yellow with the new necklace on seems to just kind of know what's going on um but she's like Autumn is definitely there, right? Because Cecilia looks up at her, and they've got like a bit of a moment. But but like Autumn breaks from this like and converse, not conversation, but like the look, yeah. And then looks up at Royal and says, like, "So is she like? Can she actually see him? Does she like sense him? Like I don't I don't know what to make of it." They clearly are communicating in this scene, so it feels like he shows up, and she can talk to him. Here's the thing I don't understand. I didn't know if he was dying in her arms or whether or not, and hear me out on this. This is just a theory. I haven't really workshopped it. I've got it on the Reddit boards, but um, (laughs) I haven't gotten a lot of feedback yet. (laughs) Royal decides to paint the inside of the barn red, and he's on the ladder with a bucket of red paint. Cecilia (laughs) comes out. She kicks the ladder and goes, 
hey, Daryl, how's it hanging? And then he falls. And then she's like, oh, no. And he's hurt. And so uh, she's cradling his head as he's covered in red paint. That's one of my theories. Now, you're close in this theory. Unfortunately, it's not Cecilia that kicks the ladder. It's Perry that kicks the ladder and then runs out of the barn and Cecilia finds him. Oh, classic. Classic, classic. Listen, classic. if anybody's going to be murdering people, we know who it's going to be. Oh, it's always Perry. <laughs> always Perry. But what does she say? Autumn just says Royal's name or yeah, does she say she anything profound? Yeah. Okay. So, so this is like an indication to us that somehow she can communicate to people that like move forward through the void. Like, I don't know. I, Tom, I don't know. That's where I'm at. <laughs> it's weird. We we got the uh, we got the Wayne and Royal meeting as kids. Like they telegraphed it for us. We picked it up. What's going to happen here? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how the smoke monster from Lost wound up in this world <laughs> uh, and moved people back and forth. But um, well, we're what? This is episode five. We got eight total in this uh, season one here. So we got three more. So. I would hope they're going to start getting to some answers here sooner than later. Hopefully this was the only sandwich bread episode. Um, <laughs> and we only got to see Billy sing once, which I don't. Yeah. Really hey, but we still got a dose. And what a dose it was, man. That was. that song. Rose. Uh, Rose on a Grave by Seal. Incredible work, Billy. <laughs> Not the one. Not the one. All right. Uh, well, we have, I don't know. I'm still enjoying the show. I like being confused. Uh, unlike the after party where I saw all the angles and knew exactly what was happening, um, or unlike Ted Lasso where I knew exactly where it was going and when he was going to have a mental breakdown, this one is keeping me on my toes, which is good. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's been fun. It's a fun run. This definitely slowed things down a bit, so I'm hopeful the next episode kind of kicks things back up and we start diving into the mystery and get a little bit more, not not necessarily answers, but at least there's more clarity on what the heck is going on. Where'd those cows go? Where'd that mountain go? You know, the cows. We need the cows. Well, the we mountain's back. The we, we've solved the mountain. It was okay. a quick mystery. Yeah, we did. But the cows. Okay. We got to get the cows. But it may not be the same mountain. Anyways, um, <laughs> for those of you that are watching with us, by all means, reach out to us at teambingepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Tom also runs our social media. The banker from uh yes we did <laughs> get <him> a uh <laughs> yeah so yeah instagram twitter will say when we have like new episodes out uh, the bank manager from the fourth episode, episode so that who got after first maria, episode who taught maria how to mm -hmm. open a, a bank account yeah, I'm gonna look up her name here real quick. All right. Uh, but she she liked our she liked our uh, Instagram message, which we appreciate. Uh, so it's good to see that uh, we're getting love and support from uh, a budding actress. I would also like to point out during our time, we've gotten love from Roy Kent, uh, Christopher Miller, or <laughs> Phil Lord. Which one was it? Uh, Lord and Miller. While we were watching the, uh, the after party, party, both uh, we're all good reached friends. Reach out to us on Twitter. Um, and, yeah. Don't quote us on. So that it's or it's tell Cindy. Them. Cindy Lynch Lipper. 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 No, oh, it's L-I-P-P-E-R-T. Uh, so thank you, Cindy. I don't know if you're listening. You probably just saw a tweet on Instagram or whatever. She's but uh, I hope she's listening. Oh. I want to believe she's listening. Listen, if Maria's listening, Maria, add us. You can come on the <laughs> podcast. You can do the next one with Tom. Um, anyways, I'm interested to see where this goes. We appreciate those of you that have stuck with us uh, in a show that is not Ted Lasso. And they are doing an after party season two, which mm -hmm. 
we will definitely talk about. And eventually we'll get to Ted Lasso Season 3 because that's where this all started. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, Tom, I appreciate the journey. Thanks for chatting about this show with me. Uh, I look forward to next week where the episode is going to be called The West Pasture. I'm going to Family? I think it's called The Family. Oh, well, that was I could be wrong. I'm going to say it's The West Pasture. I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I have been Julian. And I have been Cowboy Tom. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Wait, actually, no, I take that back. We're not going to see you next time. You're going to hear us next time. We're not going to see you. End of podcast.